Hello, hello, everyone. Um, happy Real Star Wars Day. And I wanted to do this blog post audio thing. <laughs> okay, podcast, honestly. Um, because today is the real Star Wars Day in my head. I mean, I love the corniness of May the 4th, which, by the way, I didn't always love. I fought it in the beginning. And I, when people would be like, Happy May the 4th, Kiri, I'd be like, Oh, really no real star wars day is may 25th and you guys don't know this and this is a commercialized stupid holiday but now i love it it's corny and i get more texts on may the 4th than on my birthday yes crazy as that sounds that is true and um it's fun it's cute but i think you know quote unquote real star wars fans know that Star Wars Day really is May 25th. And for those of you who don't know why, May 25th, 1977 is when A New Hope, which was formerly known just as Star Wars, that is when it was released in theaters. So happy real Star Wars Day. I thought it would be fun today to go over some maybe little known facts about Star Wars. Uh, Some of you guys may have already known these, but I thought it would be a good time to celebrate the movies for those of you who um, don't know that much about Star Wars or who are only casual fans, though if you're a casual fan, why are you listening to this? I don't know. Um, But yeah, I thought this would be fun. Also, I'm going crazy because my daughter is really sick. She came down with a fever on Friday, came down with a fever again last night, has this hacking cough. We've been up two nights in a row for more than two hours listening to her cough at night. I'm desperately trying to get it, keep her away from my son who's only three months old and hoping he doesn't get it and it's just been stressful and this is fun and a way for me to just decompose. Having two kids and one sick is hard. Hopefully it won't be two kids that are sick. So anyway, here we go. Little known facts of Star Wars. I actually wrote this for a um What's the right word? I wrote this for a online pseudo wannabe uh, webpage called What Culture. Sorry, pseudo wannabe webpage like BuzzFeed, but instead it's called What Culture. And they asked me to be a contributor for them way back in early 2013, 14. And I was so excited that they asked me to be a contributor and they found my blog and woohoo. So I wrote about three articles about Star Wars and I was like I can't do this because they're all listicles it was like five things this three things this so I wrote one of the lists was 20 lesser known facts about Star Wars and that was the last one I did because I was like this is not my passion or joy writing on a deadline nope as we can see I haven't written in my blog for like a year so anyway here we go what I want to say is I did fact check all these facts back when I wrote this, which looks like uh, 2014. So it's been a while, but I know I fact checked everything. So you're not going to get all 20 facts, but I did do this research before. This is part of my article, and I just thought it would be fun to do this for those of you, probably many of you who never read that. Here we go. Okay, fact number one. I mentioned that, you know, today is May 25th, so I thought I'd figured, I figured I would start out with this fun fact as we know star wars was released with no title it was just released as star wars actually the star wars before even it became it came in theaters eventually was shortened to star wars and it wasn't until january 1st 1978 that we got the official change to star wars episode 4 a new 
Hope. So roughly around eight months after the movie was first released. And if it was actually renamed while it was still in theaters is currently up for debate. It hasn't been confirmed that I know of. Wookiees were one of um, George Lucas's obsessions from the very beginning. He always wanted to show their home planet of Kashyyyk and have these creatures be a big part of the Star Wars universe. Um, in the end, we only un- obviously ended up with Chewbacca in the original trilogy, and we had a smaller battle on Kashyyyk in Episode Three, which is um, was the last movie of the prequels. But the battle in episode three actually dates back to very early screenplays of episode four, A New Hope. And originally, Lucas wanted to have Wookiees help out the rebels in overtaking an imperial bunker. If that sounds familiar, it's because that storyline was actually hijacked and used for the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi instead. Lucas also had a planet of Utapau that was featured in early drafts of A New Hope. As we know, Utapau was in Revenge of the Sith. So, um... What's interesting to me about this is like Lucas used a lot of recycling in his movies. And when you go into his like early drafts of scripts and like the names of his characters or even like the settings, locations and the actual storyline, you'll see sometimes, oh, that was never used there, but it was used in episode two or something like that. So I I always love finding out those things. And if you really study Lucas's early drafts, you can find a lot of that recycling on into different films. Uh, fact number three. Um, there is a hotel out there. I know a lot of people know this, but I think it's kind of cool. Um, so episode four was filmed in Tunisia. And um, the remnants of the set of Maz Espa, which is the home of Anakin Skywalker in Phantom Menace, features the Lars homestead where Luke grew up. All that you can actually kind of visit in Tunisia as well. They preserve some of it. And if you really want to be diehard, you can stay overnight at Hotel City Driss, which is the interior of the Lars Homestead set. And they made it into a hotel. So you can actually literally stay in this little Lars Homestead if you're a super duper Star Wars fan, which a lot of people have done. I never have because I never have a reason to go to Tunisia. (laughs) But it's still open from what I saw online. So that's great that uh, COVID hasn't put it out of business. This is uh, one of my favorite facts. So Lucas believed that the openings of his film should pull viewers in instantaneously. In the movie industry up until that point of Star Wars being released, we saw a lot of movies that would have at least the title that would be displayed across it. You know, there'd be music. So there'd be like with the music, there'd be a title. There would be um, the name of the director. There would be the name of the actors and actresses. And he did not want to waste the audience's time going through that, the producers, directors, whatever. So he decided to push every screen credit to the end of the film. The billing laws are a little bit complicated, but suffice it to say, it worked in A New Hope because the name of their director, George Lucas, matched the company name Lucasfilm Limited. And they, they, meaning the Directors Guild of America, was not happy about it, but they let that slide. When The Empire Strikes Back came out, and Irvin Kirshner was the director, and he still pushed the credits to the very end. They fined him $250,000 and also went after Kirshner for this faux pas. Um, so Lucas decided to step in. He not only paid his own fines, but he also protected Kirshner by paying for his fines as well. And after this incident, Lucas resigned from the Directors Guild of America. Um, I just find this so interesting because, you know, there's 
always these associations or what's the right word associations or companies that try to make you do things the way things have always been done and it takes like a rebel to upend them and Lucas did that which and and he protected Kirshner as well now I don't know what happened with Return of the Jedi maybe because he had resigned from Director's Guild of America it no longer mattered but I, I did think that was a cool fact this one most people know but originally Return of the Jedi was going to be named Revenge of the De- Jedi. Lucas later changed his mind because he realized Jedi don't take revenge. Um, and he decided a more appropriate title would be Return of the Jedi. But he was a little too late. Lucasfilm had already distributed about 6,800 um original posters that said revenge of the jedi and there was also an error on the photos where luke had a red lightsaber and vader had a blue so most of them were destroyed they were able to destroy all all the posters the movie posters but again 6800 remain and they're really hard to come by and a lot of them are um not even originals when you find them online and obviously we do get that title kind of like that recycling thing i was talking about in Revenge of the Sith, which is a throwback to this discarded title from 1983. If you know me and follow my blog, you know I love Duel of the Fates. It's, I think, one of John Williams' greatest works in the whole Star Wars saga. It's amazing. And it came with choral work, as you know, half the time people don't know what they're saying. (laughs) But it's actually words are taken from a poem by Robert Graves called The White Goddess. But Graves based his version off of the original early Celtic work called The Battle of Akron or Cadgado. In it, there is one line which says, Under the tongue root a fight most dread and another raging behind in the head. After finally finding that line, Williams decided to take that and translate it into Sanskrit because he thought it sounded more appropriate for the composition. So when you're listening to Duel of the Fates, you're kind of actually hearing a translation of a translation. And another reason why John Williams is the man, and it's just so cool. So I'm going to say that quote again so you know. So the original Celtic work um, that Graves translated into English, we don't have the original Celtic or Gaelic, but it is under the tongue root a fight most dread and another raging behind in the head. So right now, obviously, Star Wars is in the hand of, hands of Disney, but before it was under um, 20th Century Fox. Now, what many people don't realize is that opening sequence was like, bum, 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 that was actually kind of retiring. This 20th Century Fox was kind of retiring that opening at, by 1977 and thinking about replacing it. And Lucas fought to have it put back into Star Wars because John Williams had composed the Star Wars theme in B major so that the main theme could shift easily from 20th Century Fox fanfare into the opening sequence of Star Wars. And I remember when I was a kid, I had these CDs, um, the CD set of all the music from the original trilogy. I loved it. I listened to it so much. I actually still own it even though I don't have a CD player because it's so sentimental to me. And every single one of these CDs actually starts with the 20th Century Fox fanfare before going into the main title. And I wonder, you know, now is that on purpose because Lucas fought so hard to keep that in there so that, like, it goes back to what I was saying about the directors, how you wanted the director guild and the fine and all that, how Lucas wanted to pull viewers in instantaneously. 
you also have that with John Williams' music right in the beginning. Lastly, I my last fact, which some people probably know, is we can thank Lucas all we want for these movies. Yes, he's the director. But if it wasn't for Alan Ladd Jr., these movies would never have been made. So Studio Pun Studio had rejected Star Wars. And Alan Ladd Jr. actually didn't understand much of this movie at all. He read the early scripts in 1973, but he decided to take the project on more, not because of Star Wars, but because he saw something in George Lucas. And Lucas has often said about Alan Ladd Jr., he invested in me. He did not invest in the movie. So Lucas, I don't know if you guys know this, but A New Hope, I wrote a blog post about this, but it was really hard to make. And it almost didn't get made and they ran into problem after problem budget was increasing lucas fell behind schedule multiple times the board members at 20th century fox were complaining they wanted to cut it um and i think it felt like two weeks behind and by the time that happened the board was like no we're done but lad intervened and said let's just get a small extension everyone um and so he did not get, get lucas that much time but he gave him an extra week to finish production what Lucas ended up doing is took the crew, split it into three units, and finished the filming within the deadline. And that's because of Alan Ladd Jr. He got that extension. They didn't scratch the project, and Star Wars went to being like their biggest, you know, grossing film ever of all time. So it's a really, really cool fact of that Alan Ladd So did I say who he was? He was the head of the studio, basically. Um, but if it wasn't for Alan Ladd Jr., who I think he recently passed away, um, let me look that up. Yeah, March 2nd, 2022. I was right. Yeah, he recently passed away. Um, sad. If it wasn't for him, we really wouldn't have Star Wars. So I wanted to say happy Star Wars Day. I hope these facts were fun. And if I'm wrong on any of them, again, it's been almost 10 years since I researched it. So please call me out. Say, hey, you're wrong. This is not right. Happy Real Star Wars Day. Thank you, George Lucas and Alan Ladd Jr. May the force be with you.